Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. The player that lands at number 45 in the 50 most relevant is GWS defender. Turned a little bit midfielder, to be honest. Zach Williams. Interesting pick, maybe, for some. There is a lot to talk about. Big Zach, though. It's helped me do it. i got Rids on the line. Hello, buddy. Hey, mate, and I'm back-to-back in the top 50. Look at you, mate. Our first back-to-back, almost like a Richmond Premiership for 2020. Um, well, you never know. Well, exactly right, exactly right. Let's keep focusing on Zach Williams, though, before it turns into the Tiger train of 2020. He is just the 25 years old, and last year was a personal best year for Zach Williams. His highest AFL fantasy score and Dream Team score was against the Swans. It was a 142, while it was just the one-point increase for his best super coach score, but that was against North Melbourne. Personal best seasonal averages, 92.7 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, and he cracked the ton in super coach. He's priced in that format just over 550000 while he's going to set you back 670 k in Dream Team. Rids, he was someone we spoke about a lot last year. He was included in the 50 most relevant in the mid-30s off the top of my head. And we spoke about him in that article and in that podcast that in all formats, but probably more super coach, given that he's previously averaged 94 back in 2017 and 88 back in 2016. We spoke about him back then being a potential candidate for a season-long keeper. And in super coach and in dream team in AFL fantasy, he certainly became that. I could tell you now, I got this one wrong last year. Massively wrong. Zach Williams went nuts. <laughs> so, I mean, he proved me totally wrong. I I just didn't think he had enough in the um, in the ceiling type department and the consistency, you know, to put it both together. But as I said, like with that discount last year, he proved to be an absolute goldmine for those that started him and kept him through the season. Yeah, and look, look straight out the, the bat, if you didn't start him last year at his discounted price, why the heck are you starting him now, considering starting him now without recognising that it was a mistake to miss him last year? Because last year he was phenomenal. 101 in Supercoach, 11 tonnes. He only scored below 80 in just three matches. So great ceiling, great consistency, really, really high basement. And it was a career-best year in fantasy, 92.7. He had nine triple-figure scores across the year. And look, as strong as he was last year, I actually understand why a lot of coaches chose to decide to upgrade him. He got injured in round nine, did his hamstring against Carlton, and it appeared at that time it was the right move. An injured guy who was a mid-pricer that was meant to get you to a premium. At that point, he was averaging 94 in Supercoach, 84 in AFL Fantasy, and he'd done enough for you to kind of go, yep, I can go and get a, a fallen premium. That was the time maybe to move to a Rory Laird. Like, it made sense for why coaches jumped off him. But if for whatever reason you chose to hold him out of necessity or some kind of fantasy football intuition, if you have that, please send it my way, he just stormed home. He In the final 11 games of the year, he averaged 103 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, seven tons in that 11-game stretch, Three of them were over 120, while in Supercoach, he averaged 107, eight tons, including that PB for the year of 143. And in terms of a scoring differential, both pre-hamstring injury and 
post-hamstring injury. It's up at 19 points, what he did from the first sort of nine games of the year to what he did at the back end, and up 13 points from what he did at the start of the year to what he did for the back run of the year in Supercoach. Okay, so let's look at the figures, and let's look at game-to-game, okay? Round nine, he got injured. Now, let's look at 2018 first. 2018, he pretty much missed the whole season, came back for finals. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, a couple of finals off the Achilles injury. Yep, he started reasonably slow, especially in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy in comparison to the rest of his year um, last year. So what happened, though, was he started working into the season and started finding his confidence and started getting his match fitness back. So when round five or six hit, he started really looking good. Suddenly he gets that injury in round nine, gives him a little bit of a freshen up. He's already got the match fitness already behind his... And away he went after he came back. He went absolutely nuts after he came back from that injury. He was so if we're going to look at that, okay, we've got to start looking at him as if he's missed 2018, 18 months down the track. We already saw his second half of last year. There's no reason to think that he's not going to start this year the way that he finished last year. So, And, and let's, let's talk about role for a second as well, MJ. Yeah, I know he played a little bit of midfield in the last five, six games. I'm sure you got the figures right there. Yeah, so basically there were so many injuries throughout the GWS season. Matt DeBoer, Josh Kelly was in and out of the side. Callan Ward was out for the whole year. And then it was the injury that happened to Stephen Cornelio in that match against Richmond, where coaches famously even had the captaincy on him, unfortunately, and copped a big donut through there. That's when he moved from playing off the halfback, float, pushing up through the wings, and actually started to attend center bounce attendances. For a reference point, um, from that uh, AFL finals um, period as well, where he did play through the midfield with no Cadelio, he averaged 91 in finals in Fantasy and Dream Team and 101 in Supercoach, which for those playing at home is unders what he did for the entire season. So that's amazing, isn't it? So in Supercoach, he actually looks better at a half-back. And then in Dream Team, he looks better as a mid. So I just think, really, at the end of the day, if you don't have him on your watch list, and I'm talking in the top three or four options, yeah, you are absolutely mad because everything is pointing to a top three finish in defenders for 2020. It's one of those guys, isn't it? You can, if you choose to not really look in depth to the information, you go, okay, well, he only scored well because Cornelio is out uh, and Ward's out. And so because of that, uh, he's not relevant. That, that's not looking enough at the data. He he probably, as you suggested, is more relevant for super coaches if he retains that halfback role. And then for Dream Team and Fantasy Coaches, you'll be desperately keen to see if he's playing through the midfield because that's where his scoring ceiling picked up a little bit more um, across through there. So it is interesting at the moment. He is training through the midfield group um, across the preseason. And the question will be, does he retain that role um, moving forward into 2020? Because the thing is you could build a case for both. Because right now in the midfield, yes, Ward and Cornelio are on track to return round one. You've got guys like Jai Caldwell and Jackson Haitley who are pushing in for midfield opportunities and there is a vacancy off the wing in Adam Tomlinson. So there is a role for him there. 100%. And so this is the massive, massive thing, though, is I think he is as good an option as you can get in both of these formats, okay? Mm. So 
the only reason why he's in the 40s is because of all the hype around three or four others in the defensive line. Mm. But this guy should be as hyped as anyone in the defensive line, in my opinion. Now, we're looking at Sam Doherty, okay, who we don't know what happens there, do we? We've no. had two years of injury. I'm not saying that he's not a good option. What I'm comparing him to is a Zach Williams. Yes. So we saw Zach Williams start slow, Every chance Doherty might start slow, especially considering that a Nick Newman has come in and started to fill in that role across half-back. Cade Simpson's still going around. I'm still not sure where Doherty fits in comparison to a Zach Williams, who has shown us at the end of last year, he is primed to go massive in 2020. So, And on top of that, his buy, mate. Look at his buy round. Round 14. Yeah, perfect. Now, if... You could almost take a punt for 13 rounds, and if you're not happy with him and he's showing a little bit of inconsistency, you can punt him for one of the other guys anyway. Yeah, that's where you make the move over to a crisp. It's where you go get Lloyd if you're choosing to take him on. If Connor Blakely's come out of the gate firing, you can move to him. Luke Ryan, Basher Hooley. You know, round 13, there's plenty of defensive options, let alone what you could get in round 12. You know, if Dan Houston's proven that we talked about a few days ago in the 50 most relevant that he's firing, go and jump on him. A Shannon Hearn. Um, there is Alex Witherden. You know, there is options aplenty, um, even if he doesn't live up to the hype. Because again, just two years ago in AFL Fantasy Dream Team, he averaged 83 and 82, um, while for Supercoach it was 94 and 88. So even if he does not live up to the lofty heights of the ton in Supercoach and the mid-90s in AFL Fantasy, the fallback, yes, it costs you and hurts you a little bit, but it's not catastrophic. No, not at all. Okay, so I actually think, and I mean, I've said this many, many times, okay, one of the big things that people forget about Dream Team and Supercoach and everything else is there can only be one winner pretty much for the whole year. So there can only be one league winner, you know, yep. the Premier, or there could only be one overall winner. So depending on whether you go overall or league, there is still only one winner. So why not grab a guy that you like to watch, that's enjoyable to own, you know? And someone like Zach Williams, when he breaks those lines... It's incredible. I mean, he's outstanding to watch. Yeah, he's clean. He wins the ball on the inside and outside. He takes the game on. Um, Pretty handy, you know, intercept mark as well. Um, He really is a a very complete package. And and he does add running through the midfield, because I think there's case from him both he does add a level of x factor to their side you know we haven't seen the durability of josh kelly that we would have liked we don't know how callum ward's going to go coming back off long-term injury canelio and taranto are long-term stalwarts of that side lucky whitfield's got that outside polish and class i love seeing zach williams push up the ground for gws okay time for a big call i haven't had one for a while yeah go Zach Williams will be the number one defender for Super Coach for average by the end of 2020. I love a big call. I love a big call. And there's, there is precedent for it. I love that. I'm a big fan of Zach Williams. I think he's going to be a phenomenal low ownership pick because people won't do the research. They'll just go, he played midfield. That's why he scored well. He's not playing midfield because everyone's back. Therefore, he's an upgrade target. And maybe and that happens. But and still. again, we're not saying, okay, that he represents massive value or no, anything like that. Not at all. But I think you're going to get what you pay for pretty much, yeah. if not a slight improvement on that. Yeah, you get what you so, pay for and you get low ownership out of it. 
If you can get 105 average for the season Jeez. as a defender, I'll tell you what, he's as good as any. Well, I would be very, very happy to get that. Well, let's talk about where he goes in a draft then. Because he's not priced, you know, in, in Supercoach and, and AFL Fantasy, he's in that top 10 range at the moment for defenders. Is he going to slide a little bit because there are others beneath him that have more perceived value? Someone We talked about this just a couple of days ago um, with someone like a Jack Crisp. Is he another one of those guys that's going to slide in drafts? Because he's a genuine D1, um, but he's probably not going to go in the first two or three rounds, is he? Well, I would actually jump a little bit earlier and jump on him at round three, round four. Yeah. So if if he's still around and you've got a mid to late pick in round three, I think he's the absolute perfect selection. I think guys like Gorn and Grundy will go early, and rightly so. Yeah. Whitfield will push for the number one draft pick yep. this year. I think the top four, five or six will probably include a Dusty. Yeah. I think you'll probably see Jake Lloyd as the first defender selected around about the end of round one, maybe the start of round two. And I think there'll be a lull then. Yeah, I think a guy like Doherty could even be the number two defender. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? But there's enough hype around for these guys. But and again, I'm not saying that's not a bad option. I'm just saying Zach Williams, and we talked about Jack Crisp. Same same thing Mm. yesterday. These two are serious options for 2020. I'm almost locked into Zach Williams at the moment. Wow, there you go. Who would have thought that he we would get a big call that we did from Rids in this episode? Hey, mate, appreciate your work as we've chatted through Zach Williams today. Done easy. If you want to go and check out the article, it is online now at coachespanel.tv. And uh, while you're there, uh, you can check out a whole range of other articles and get the links to join our Patreon army. If you're loving what you get from the Coaches Panel in 2020 so far, you can join the army, support, get exclusive content and early access to these 50 most relevant podcasts. Yes, they're already on the number 44 and you are not. So make sure you go and check that out. The number 44 one, it is an absolute ripper. You don't want to miss it. And until tomorrow, we'll chat to you soon.